Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Stripped by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia, aka Kimchi on stage. I am an exotic dancer. I'm a digital content creator. I am also a former sugar baby and all around internet person. I do a lot of things, I have a lot of projects, and this is one of them. <laughs> so I am really, really excited to bring on the guest for today. We're going a little bit left field, but of course we gotta mix it up. We've had a lot of like advocacy, a lot of, you know, politically charged episodes. So I gotta lighten the load a little bit. So I have reached out to New York-based Virgil Avery, who is the co-founder of Foxy Fitness Pole Studio in New York City, as well as New Jersey. It is a powerhouse pole studio. I have personally trained there. They just pump out champions after champions. I am super stoked to get into this. Virgil, are you there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Hello, sexy people. <laughs> Hope you guys are good. Everybody's uh, enjoying the, the podcast. Yes. Um, you know, thank you guys for allowing me to come on here. Absolutely. I am really excited to get to know you because I have been following you from afar. <laughs> and like following like, you in terms of like, you are the booking manager for Snoop Dogg. And I remember um, actually one of my friends got into like the top eight when he was on tour and you were hosting, I guess, like a like an open casting to come on yeah. to tour, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My friend, Who's that? friend? Kimora from Canada. Oh, Kimora, yeah, Kimora's my girl. Yeah, now she actually um, performed in a, in a few shows with us already. Um, yeah. I think she did like the San Fran song show, and um, she came down to uh, Denver. Yep. In Colorado, the show there. So Kimora, yeah, Kimora is great. Really, yeah. Really like the order. She's awesome, and that girl can twerk. You know, for an Asian, she can, <laughs> she can definitely twerk. Throw that thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've also, yeah, there is a couple other um, local girls here as well. I know Miss Cherry Poppins, shout out to her. And I think Dirty Dolly, I guess they were uh, performing at the show here in Vancouver a few years ago as well. So. I think Susie also. Yes. Susie. Yeah. Yeah, Saskia yeah. in Montreal. Shout out, she was on. She was on the show as well. So it's yeah. so cool. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> We're definitely. I'm just giving all my friends a shout out right now. <laughs> <laughs> But we're going to get into, you know, the whole showbiz side of things, how you got, you know, looped in with Snoop Dogg and all that. But I want to rewind it back and introduce you because, you know, I've just been stalking you on Instagram and I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool because one, you're the first black male pole dance studio owner, which is not something you ever heard of. First of all, male owner, male owner for a pole studio Two, black owned, which is great. That's all I know about you. So if you want to give the audience a little intro yourself, please do just define who you are, what it is you do, and go. Okay. I mean, you did a you know, great job. You pretty much hit all the main things. I, mean, I started Foxy Fitness with Ashley Fox back yes. in 2011. Um, and then, you know, it's definitely a rarity to uh, be a black pole studio owner, but it's even more rare to find a black male pole studio owner. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, I was definitely uh, the first, I'd say, in the world um, to do so. And, uh, you know, it's definitely been an adventure and um, it's been a great experience. It's very eye opening, uh, meeting wonderful people from all over the world, because, as you know, Pole can take you all over the world yes. with competition and showcases and stuff like that. So you see you meet a lot of different types of pole dancers, a lot of different types of people. Um, but it's really been great. And then um, through pole dancing, I've gotten a lot of opportunities in the movie, TV, film industry mm -hmm. um, over the years. And that definitely opened up another aspect to like what we do. Yeah. So, yeah so, another I mean, avenue. Yeah, definitely another avenue and another lane. And that's the thing with pole dancing. It's like it's forever evolving. And yes. it's always like creating new opportunities and new situations that you may not even foresee. But when the time comes, like you definitely got to, you know, notice it and take advantage of it. I mean, even things like podcasts and, yes. um, you know, uh, we have organizations that are forming now, international organizations. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's talks of it being included into the Olympics. Yes. Um. So, so I mean, it, it's just... It's forever growing and evolving, and I'm here for it all. So I'm just glad to be at, like, the forefront of the beginning of everything. You know, when you think of most of the things in the world, they've already been established. They've already been, like, ran through. They've already been, like, sort of, like, explored. And mm -hmm. pole dance something that's, like, we just, we're at the tip of the iceberg. Like, we have so much more digging, so much more, like, expanding and growth and yes. discovering. To, so... I mean, there's there's books out about it now. I see like instructional books, mm -hmm. instructional DVDs. There's cartoon books based <laughs> on, you know. So really, I've seen. I mean, it's, it's just so it's, it's so deep, you know. Yeah, so. it's incredible. I mean, like, and going from its history, obviously, pole dancing is started from stripping, which is the oldest <laughs> profession in the book. It's really grown. A lot and I feel and there's always this divide and we're gonna get into this divide later on in the show too because I want to hear more about you first but um there's this whole divide in terms of like pole dancing hobbyists and athletes versus strippers and you know not giving credit where credit's due and stuff so I would definitely love to hear your perspective on that and the efforts that you're doing to be inclusive of sex workers but Again, we're going to get into that later. We got a whole hour here. So, uh, Virgil, I want to know more about you. Where did you come from? Like, how the hell did you get <laughs> involved in pole dancing? Like, do you, I think you have a sports background too, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, you want to go back to, like, when I was shitting in diapers? Or, like, where do you want to, like, go back? How far? Oh, wherever you want to take it. Wherever you want to take it. This is your show. <laughs> well, I mean... Just to quickly go through my childhood and upbringing, just you know, just so you know, like where I come from. Mm -hmm. I'm from East Hall, New York. Okay. You know, East Hall. I would say it's a pretty rough neighborhood in comparison with most. We I grew up pretty much in like um, in the projects or in like city housing. I grew up with my mother and my father. He got arrested. He was he was he was in prison when I was like four years old. So oh. he was there for us up until that age, and then. He was in jail until I was about 22 or something. Oh, wow. So I really, yeah, so I, I really didn't, you know, didn't have him in my life yeah. um, past eight four. So it was just me, my mother, and my sister mm -hmm. uh, living 
East Harlem, East Harlem, which is like the Upper East Side of Manhattan, past Upper East Side of Manhattan. Right. And um, you know, my mother, she's from Greece, so my mother's Greek, my father's Black. Wow. Um, my father, yeah, his family, his lineage is from here in the U.S., like the South. Mm-hmm. And then my mother's from Greece. She's the first of her family to, to migrate over here to the U.S. She came home when she was about 30 years old. Wow. And then my father. So, you know, for her, like, to be out here on her own at that age and, you know, just, you know, I mean, she had a pretty good grasp on English, but she didn't have a lot of, op- like, family out here or opportunity right away. She had to, like, create a lot of her opportunity and then to have two kids with her yeah. and be a single mother with that, that, that was probably, like, crazy i can only imagine that was just crazy on her yeah but um she's very strong and resilient and that's where i get a lot of my drive and my intelligence from because uh she's a graduate she went to like school in england and and in greece and she was a filmmaker out there and um you know i also probably get a lot of my creativity from her as well Mm -hmm. um but she always like instilled that we had to like finish school and read and write and all math and stuff like that. So she really stayed on top of me with the school stuff. Yeah. And I definitely love her for that. Incredible. But anyway, we grew up in the projects. You know, it's you know one of the roughest. I say one of the roughest neighborhoods in New York City. You know, a lot of killing, a lot of drugs. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Pretty much, I ended up going to. I, I was always involved in sports all my life because mm-hmm. um that was like. The, everybody in my hood like either you was outside like you was basically outside selling drugs or playing sports or rapping or doing something like that so yeah i took the sports you know i i, I really enjoyed basketball so i started out with basketball eventually it evolved to football when i went to high school okay um yeah shout out brooklyn Tech. <laughs> i went to brooklyn Tech, one of the top three high schools in uh in new york it's supposed yeah. to be like you got to test to get in there oh damn and, um, yeah, it's no, it's a real, it's a real special school, it's a specialized school for like engineering and stuff like that. Cool. But anyway, <laughs> I, I wasn't like, I wasn't like the best student, but I got in there because I was like good at math and reading and writing and all that. So um, while in there, I picked up football, and mm-hmm. football was my my grasping. That's what really helped me to like stay on track. And yeah. From a lot of distractions with the streets and with um, you know, like. With, with all the pitfalls that the teenage life you know, could bring you when you're not, you don't have the proper guidance. Right. So, uh, so football really kept me like on a straight and narrow. Even though I dibbled and dabbled with a lot of different things during those years, mm-hmm. that you know came back, back to me, love, my love for football that I wanted to like persevere that and continue with that, um, and it carried me through a lot. Um, so through football, I ended up getting a full scholarship to Wagner College. You oh, know, wow. I was, I was like captain of the all city team i was offensive player of the year here in new york incredible you know, I, had a, I had a bunch of accolades and achievements i led my i set the record in my high school for like touchdowns and some and stuff like that so nice. anyway, i ended up getting a scholarship to wagner college and then while at wagner college i put it there i started like my sophomore junior year i ended up getting a grad assistant position uh, at the grad assistant position, I, uh, I I completed like half of my master's in education. Mm-hmm. So wow. from there I went to, yeah from there I went to becoming a teacher. So I was a teacher for a little while. Okay. And uh, also like a also like a manager at Valley's Fitness. I don't okay. know if you know or heard of it, but yeah. Valley Total Fitness. Big gym. Like 
big gym chain at the Huge. time. I was like top many salesperson for the East Coast. Nice. And I think that's where like I always had the fitness background, but that's where I started to like discover like the the econ like the the structure of like a gym and, yeah. and sale clients and maintaining clients and stuff like that. Right. And that that's what a lot of my experience with that. And and that was very helpful for me. Well, you know, in regards to opening my own gym yeah. and creating that structure for like sales and marketing and advertising and um, training and stuff like that. So, um, so that's pretty much how I got to Foxy. I mean, Damn. I ran to Ashley at a club one night <laughs> and yeah, you know, we was partying and, you know, I ran into her and I don't know, it was this thing about it. She was dancing and happy and just looking, <laughs> looking real. She had this little tight pink dress on, so I'm like, Damn. and then, which it was crazy because, like, when I saw her, I went over to talk to her, and you know, we instantly had like a click. You know, I could tell she liked me, and she could tell I liked her, and we had, we clicked instantly. But um, I had to get out of there because me and my boys we were, we were like going to like another club, so yeah. they, and we had like a, we had a drive outside. We were rolling deep, so I was like, you know, <laughs> we gotta go. Let me say, I'm like, what's your name? So she gave me her name, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> I don't know why I thought I would remember it and see it again, because New York is done, is just ridiculously huge. There's like a lot of people there. <laughs> Very dense. Like my phone, I think my phone died or something weird mm. happened, and I didn't have time. We were running. So I was like, all right, whatever. I'll st- whatever. If I don't see it, whatever. But it was nice meeting you. So you didn't get and her then, number because um, your phone died? No. Okay. <laughs> you're just, you're like, fingers and toes crossed, you're going to run into her again. <laughs> yeah, her phone was in her bag at, in, the, like, her friend's VIPs, so oh we didn't have any phones, basically. And this is before, like, um, Instagram and all yeah. that. You be like, yo, my, this and that. <laughs> so. Throwback. So, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, IG wasn't right. I mean, Facebook had just started not too long ago, but anyway, we didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. So, Fast forward, like, I'm like, you know, I was thinking about it that night, like, damn, I should have got, I was kicking myself in the ass, but then I was like, whatever. Um, so then, fast forward, like, three month, three weeks later, a friend invites me to, like, this, um, a, a, a holiday party. Okay. Like, a, a Christmas party at yeah, Rick's party. Cabaret, which is like, a, it's like a gentleman's club in Manhattan. Okay. So, she was working there with my friend, and she invited me there, so... I'm like, cool. Of course, I'm gonna go to you know. What I mean, I'm Ben's Cabaret holiday party. It was like open bar. They nice. had food. They had strippers in there. Fine. You know, and, and it was invite only. You know, what I mean, every mm. dancer could bring like one person, whatever. So this girl, she brought me, okay. and um, and um, basically, I walk in there. And as soon as I get in there, I'm like, oh shit, that's <laughs> Ashley. Yeah, like, oh my so god. I found, so I bump into Ashley there, right? Yeah. And I'm like. I'm like, Ashley? She's like, oh. she's like wow, you remember my name. Like, I'm Damn. like, yeah, what's up? How you doing? Like, I said, yo, first off, let me get your phone number. Yeah. I'm not going to fuck this up again. So, <laughs> I remember, um, you know, we hung out there and we had a good time. But then she had, like, she had a final or something the next day, so she couldn't stay too long. But mm-hmm. that's pretty much, like, how we, like, started our uh, relationship, our situation. Okay. And, um, yeah, and then from there it was like, I found out it was crazy because I I was moving to Maryland in a month from Christmas in January I was moving to Maryland. 
Oh, damn. Because I got a out of school out there. Mm-hmm. So I have a fresh start somewhere new. So I was moving out to Maryland. And she was going back to Maryland for her for her winter recess from school. She was going okay. to have our tea in the city. But they yeah. were like on winter break. Mm-hmm. So we ended up spending time doing winter recess in Maryland. Wow. And um, yeah, man. And we were pretty much we were inseparable ever since. Wow. Like, yeah, but I was like 11 years ago. Damn, um, that's a great story. I think <laughs> I think that's great, and I'm, I'm so surprised. Like you know, it was almost like fate. Yeah, no, nah, for real. What it kind of felt like? It definitely felt like fate, and like you know, we were brought together for a big purpose. Yeah, I think for what we're doing now, because like we're changing lives and we're really you know creating history. You know, mm-hmm. like history we're making right now. For sure. Um, so pretty much like. She left back to New York after the winter break. Yeah. I stayed in Maryland. I was at Bali doing my thing there. But, you know, I was going back and forth to New York to visit her. And then I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just go be with her. Wow. So, like, nine months after being in Maryland, I left and I went back to the, came back to, to New York. And I just ended up just staying with her. And wow. then, like, um, yeah. And then, like, a year and a half later, we opened the studio. So Holy the, the, way we, the way that happened was pretty much she had a little love for pole dancing mm-hmm. and, you know I'm, being this, and I'm a very supportive person if you're with me like I want to make sure that you know I can help you with what you're doing I don't care if you're like you're selling newspapers I don't care what it is you know I want to if I can put some input in there to make it better or improve it mm-hmm. like that's what I'm you know I come from a personal training background so I always want to push and make people you know make bring the best out of people yeah so um, yeah, so she was already into fitness. I was into fitness. She picked up pole dancing, and she was like five classes in. I'm like, damn, you good? Like, let me help you with your flexibility, your strength, stuff yeah. like that, to get better with the pole. And so I was helping her with stuff like that. And then she's like, oh, I want to get a pole for the house. I was a little resistant at first because the pole was like five hundred dollars. Yeah, they ain't but I'm cheap. Like, listen, <laughs> yeah, not- I was like, listen, I'm gonna get you a pole. I found for a hundred dollars. So mm-hmm. I played myself. I went and bought the Carmen Electro pole. Okay. Right? <laughs> and, and Ashley, she did one move on it, and it just snapped. Oh. oh. Yeah, so don't buy those, those little play poles. It was like, this oh, one no. looks like not trying to invert <laughs> on the and that. So, yeah. So basically, I ended up getting rid of that pole, and yeah. I was like, fuck it, all right, we'll put the X-Pole now. So we put the X-Pole up. Yes. We got the X-Pole. So we put the pole up, and then we just started training in the crib because, I mean, she did a few classes. She did, like, probably, like, 10 classes total, but they those were expensive, too, at the time. They are us, expensive. You know? Still are expensive. So like $30, $40 a class. So we were like, damn, we can't do that right now. So yeah. I'm like, let's do tutorials. So we bought, like, the Janine Butterfly tutorials. Yes, we went on amazing. We went on. We went on YouTube. We broke down moves on YouTube. There was like the pole dance community page where it like shows you some moves and stuff like that. Yeah. So there was a lot of there was some information out there that we used, you know, to our advantage. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, it's pretty much self-taught. You know. Yeah. Um, That's incredible. From, yeah, from beginning to end. While she was like on her journey with pole, like starting it. She, she heard about the competition that they were having in a competition they were having in New York at the American Pole Fitness Champion, the American Pole Fitness Championship. Oh, wow. Which was in, yeah, which was in um, the Hammerstein Ballroom in Midtown Manhattan. 
And it really turned out to be like a really lovely, great, wonderful event. I mean, when we so we ended up going and um, we met like Pink Puma there. Mm-hmm. There was like um, Bunny Love, with, uh, old like old Anthony Bunny Love. Yeah. And Miss Casri was there that year. So we like, Ashley was like super inspired by that. Mm-hmm. And um, we had opened up, our studio had been, Oh, our studio, we opened up our studio like a few months after that. So okay. I think like that competition really inspired us to like open the studio. Yeah. Because uh, I was watching her train. I'm like, Ash, you're really good. Like you can really do this shit. Like we could teach this shit. Yeah. You know, she had friends that know she knew, found out she was doing it and they wanted to like take lessons with her at the house. They started taking some lessons and stuff. And I was like, we can really like make this into something. Yeah. She was against it after. Like, I don't want to be an instructor. I just want to perform and, and stuff mm. like that. And yes. that's where, like, I say, like, sometimes you need, people need a little push. You know what I'm saying? People yeah. need a little push, a little guidance, they need a little support um, in believing in themselves. You know, we all do. Yeah, um, So I was like, nah, listen, this is what we got to at least give it a shot. Because I was already fixated on, like, starting a gym because, you know, I came from the fitness background. I'm yeah. like, I want to open a gym. Mm-hmm. So we had saved up enough money to make a move do something you know because i was big on entrepreneurship i didn't mm. want to be i didn't want to continue working for people and yeah. like being in that room you know i had been working during this whole time i had been working in the nightlife so i was like a security guard in, oh, in nightlife. Okay. oh. I, I, was, I was bouncing i was bouncing for eight years Damn. up to this i thought without 19 i started when i was 19 and i stopped around when i was 27. Okay. So I was working all the nightclubs in New York. I was working strip clubs, like yeah. by the being in the Bronx, stuff like that. So I was I was around the scene heavy, you know, with the dancing and the partying and yes. stuff like that. Yes. <laughs> well, I definitely wanted to get into like entrepreneurship at some point, you of know, because I, I understood I understood like you got to be your own boss. Nobody's gonna pay you how you pay yourself. Yep. So, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. So true. This is our move. Like do the fitness classes, you do the pole classes, let's do it. So she yeah. took a little pushing, but I got her to agree to it, you know, and we opened Foxy. Um and this is like a few months after the competition. Mm-hmm. And she was fixed that you gonna compete and she's like, That's what I wanna do, I wanna compete, I need to perform, I love it. So yeah. I'm like, Hey, do it. So oh. we opened the studio, studio, like for the first three months, we couldn't get anybody into the studio. It was bad. That's hard. Like, nobody came. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were like in midtown Manhattan, paying premium rent, and it was like nobody was showing up. Mm. So, man, I had an idea. I'm like, fuck it. Let's take the poke downstairs. We get on the street. We're just going to pole on the street. No way. So we brought this thing. Yo, we set up the stage pole out there. Oh my um, gosh! Yeah, yeah, I got I got a platinum stage pole. Oh and we wow! Bought, I bought the platinum stage pole, the, the, the stage pole platinum, platinum stages, and we set it up on the corner of Seventh Avenue and Thirty Street, across the street from Madison Square Garden. Yes. And we just pole dancing out there, and that shit attracted a fucking huge crowd. Like people are blocking the street. Police, <laughs> were, police were fucking with us. They were like, "Yo, what's going on?" right now and you know it's marketing shout out to them because yeah shout out to them because they let us rock they were like all right just turn the music down a little bit and you know, let us do our thing that's so, so awesome like, we, did that about, we did that for about a week yeah. and you know it's not like that brought us in a lot of people but 
I'm a big believer in like the universe takes notice of the work and the shit you put in. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like that, it kind of like spark, it was like a spark to like get us going because from there, like it just made us go even harder and, and try other things. So I found a social media, I found a platform online mm -hmm. that was, was able to help us sell classes. Good. And, you, know, you know, that just came across to me, you know, in this hunt for like, trying to find more business. So, yeah. you know, I started with like going out and trying to just be on the street performing to like handing out flyers and, you know, doing free classes and then like finding this platform. And when we found that platform, it just took off. Like it wow. took off. Like we went from like having zero sales to like having like 30,000 in sales overnight. That's incredible. When you're first starting your business, it's always so hard to gain traction. Yeah, you know? and that was like four months in. So within oh, those damn. four months, like, we moved out of our, our place, like, in January. The first month we moved out because we were, like, we cannot pay rent yeah. to live somewhere and to, and to pay rent to the studio. So we actually moved into the studio. No and, um, way. Yeah, not, not a lot of people know this, but we had, like, a pull-out couch. Oh, shit. Then, we had a desk where we hid, like, all the clothes under the desk. And, like, wow. um, we had a TV that we hid under the desk as well. And, like, wow. at night... We would put, open the pull-out bed, set it up with the pillows, put the, the blanket on it, Gotta and make everything. It cozy. And then pull out, the, pull out the TV, put it on top of the desk. We had our clothes, our pajamas, all that shit was under the desk. Wow. We had our bed. And, yo, we lived like that for three years. We lived in the studio. And nobody knew. Wow. I had I had my, my, had my contractor build out, like, a, a secret compartmentalized shower. No way. like a clock. Yeah, it was like a, it was like an illegal shower. And we um, we hit it, we hit it in the closet. It was like a closet looking thing, so okay. nobody did it like a locked closet, but it was really like where we showered at. Wow. And, um, yeah, I mean we didn't have a kitchen, but there was like twenty four hour delis, so we oh, yeah. ate out. Every it's night. New York. There's food everywhere. Yeah, You're not yeah. gonna starve. Thank <laughs> God for that. But I mean, that's that incredible. Was, that's how we rocked it. You know. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, especially when you're you're your own owner, your own business yeah. owner, too. You're going to do whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. You got to do whatever to stay afloat. And that's the thing with, like, dreams, you know, and, like, trying to achieve things. It's never going to be that easy starting out, but you got to be persistent and resilient. You're always going to have, like, Definitely. challenges set up in your way to, like, knock you down or make you give up. But you got to persevere and push through all of that. And that's, that's really... A big thing for pole dancing too is mm -hmm. like the pole embodies that a lot. Like you got these moves that you got to get, and it's like the bruising, yeah. the listen, yes. like the fear of got down. A lot of things are, are stacked against you, but if you can push through that, that's where you're gonna see you you, you overcome those um, obstacles and challenges, and you 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 grow and you get stronger and you feel better about it. You know, yeah. You look back on it, boom! I really came through all that shit. Um, yeah. And I just want to mention, you know, Yumiko Harris, you know. Mm -hmm. One of your instructors, yes. Yeah, she's an amazing person, amazing performer, went to school at the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. She's a trained dancer, has a BA in dance. And um, she joined us like six months in. And, um, you know, she had been going through her difficulties at the time. Mm -hmm. And she had lost her housing. And oh, wow. she came. Pick me up, like, listen, I don't have a place to live, but I'm, I want to dance, I want to do this and that. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it, come stay with us at the studio. 
So we all three ended oh, up like wow. living in the studio. Yeah. Oh my god. We, lived, we all lived together for like three years in the studio. That's and, crazy. Um, you know, a lot of what we where we at, you know, is definitely contributed to her and her knowledge and experience with dance and you know mm-hmm. her and stuff. So I just don't want to leave her out of the story because she was like a major, you know, she was a major piece too. Yeah. I always call it like the tripod, like you know, we, <laughs> we all, like, you know. We all like the three legs, you know what I mean? Three legs holding up the, the, the building. You know holding it up, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, shout out to Yumiko. <laughs> Go give her a follow. She's a great instructor. She's doing online online instruction right now. Cool. She's, you know, still into the course. She's my, our general manager. Very but, um, cool. She's, she's dope. Super dope. Yeah. You, pretty you much, got... I mean, that's what happened. It was like overnight, shit popped off, and then it just was like a snowball effect. It yes. just got better, better month to month. Like, and now we're like eleven years in. Yeah, it, incredible. It, it's still on. It's still on the up, you know. Still on I mean, the up. COVID, yeah, COVID kind of slowed it up a little bit, but you know, what's meant to be is always going to be. Yeah. that's how I see it. Exactly, and that's such a mindset too. Great mindset we to still, have. Yeah, we still have making shit happen. So, shit happens, and you just got to persevere, right? <laughs> That's an incredible story. I I didn't know the full to the full extent of like how you guys became Foxy Fitness, but now I understand it all. That's that's really great. Thank you so so much for sharing the full full story, not sparing any details. That was great. So like I remember when I visited the studio and I trained there when I was in New York. This is a few years ago. Like, yeah, back in 2018, I think. And, um, yeah, I remember I got to the studio and I was like, okay, cool. I have no idea what to expect. I'm just doing my own little pole tour. And I remember, I think, I can't remember who was teaching that day, but I remember they were saying we're focused on pole tricks and we're focused on like creating champions and you your studio has pumped out so many pole champions i like look on your instructor list and like look at all the accolades it's incredible it's really incredible yeah um yeah i mean definitely you know having ashley fox as like a leader yes um, she's a pioneer yeah pioneer a leader just a living legend really in our industry um she like set the tone for a lot of that and um you know i mean i have my fitness background and my athletic background and you know i i push her a lot with that too you know like making sure she was training i was there for like her run-throughs um even choreographing stuff with her Mm -hmm. um you know i had a part in her growth and success as a as as an athlete yeah um because i brought a lot of my training methods with football i brought that to her you know and um she just has taken it and really just ran with it. And now it's like, I can't tell her shit now. I mean, <laughs> so she's a leader. And I mean, she definitely sets the, sets the example. Yeah, and, um, for sure. And it shows. Know, um, there's something about competing that it just was, it was a great opportunity for us in many ways. You know, yeah. it helped us to take focus. It helped us to continue to grow. And you know, explore more like transitions and mm-hmm. just more, like, more, more combos, more like more everything, styles, <laughs> more different styles of dance. Yeah, because when you create routines, you don't want to have the same. Like, all right, you could do like um, a contemporary piece, but maybe next time we could do a more balletic. So now we're like focusing on balletic floor work or movement right. or like Dunham, like where it's more like 
African style or even pop or jazz or hip hop. Yeah. So we're trying to explore these different genres for the sake of competition, but it's really helping us become more well-rounded and more educated in different styles and different yes. techniques. So it's adding to our repertoire, you know? Yeah, it's very explorative. So, yeah, so <laughs> that was, you know, that was great. And then, like, it also made our students want to keep coming back because, I mean, you can teach people pole dancing as a hobby, but eventually if that, what I've seen in my 11 years is that if you don't, create a goal or something for people to work towards mm -hmm. or like to keep that it kind of dies and yeah you lose totally that as a student. agreed you lose that person as a student you know so the competition has definitely kept people like digging kept people going for it kept people digging kept them involved kept them wanting more you know absolutely so that was a goal it's like have a place in a rabbit a place in a carrot in front of a rabbit you know what i'm yeah, saying it's like, yeah <laughs> that's a good metaphor keep, keep, them ch keep them chasing you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. keep them chasing that goal so yeah no well, i i agree yeah, that's why that's why we became such a great competitive studio yes. and um i mean within the last 11 years i mean every year we've dished out we bring about 25 students to competition Mm -hmm. And we, we we do that about three times a year. So we're looking at like 75 students a year for the last 10, 11, 10 years. Wow. So we're looking at over 750 competitors wow. you know, in, the, in the amateur and professional divisions mm -hmm. um, past like 10 years, which is pretty huge. I don't think there's another studio that has produced more um, as, um, competitive no. pole dancers. Yeah, um, it's great. You've got a great track record for sure. For sure. I remember like Ashley Fox's like 2018, I think, I think it's 2018. PSO. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He's, the first, he's the first black U.S. national champion for PSO. So oh, yeah. that was another big, you know, milestone. I mean, she's breaking all the black milestones. Yes. Um, You know, first black pole competitor in the world, IPSF. Yeah, IPSF. Um, the world pole. Yeah. So she's the first black competitor in that. American first place winner here in the, for the U.S. to represent in the mm -hmm. IPSF. So, yeah. I mean, she's definitely breaking all the black barriers. And, for sure. Um, you know, proud, proud and glad that it's up. Yeah, that's incredible. Like, again, the athleticism in this form of dance is incredible, and your studio definitely showcases that 100%. <laughs> but I want to pivot the conversation a little bit, too, because obviously – there is the athletic side of pole, but there's also the sexy side of pole as well. And, you know, that comes from stripping culture, from sex work, really. So I know, um, actually, one of my friends um, who used to be a, a dancer is employed at your studio, actually. Who's that? Louisa. Oh, Louisa, that's my girl. Yeah. yeah oh, she's great. That's my girl, girl. Yeah, and her moves are amazing, and she just brings that sexiness, so, that sensualness to the table. Yeah, and that's why that's why I hired her. Like, I'm in charge of all the hiring and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and I really appreciate her movement, quality, and sensuality. And, you know, in, in starting the studio, we were set on, you know, being a competitive studio mm -hmm. and focusing on competition. But throughout the years, um, we sort of understand and grew and, and noticed that, like, the sensual side of pole dancing has to be acknowledged and it has to yes. be maintained as well because it's it's a genre in its own and, and, and it's something that, you know, people should be exposed to. Yeah. And it and, and it helps people in other ways and you know and it also there's a there's people that wanna learn that stuff. Yes. And, and wanna experience that. 
you know? So um, as we grew, it was something that, you know, we started to, like, be like, all right, well, we need a, you know, it started, like, being one competitor doing, like, the the sexy, uh, there was, like, a category exotic. Exotic, For, like, yeah. PSO. Mm-hmm. So we had them, we're like, yeah, let's start, like, doing heels classes, you know, to, like, sort of support that. Yeah. So then we, like, added the heels classes. Then we're like, oh, like, we should do, like, a sexy flow class, you know? Right. So then we started asking, like, a sexy flow. And then it, it kind of, like, just grew from there. You know, and yeah. I'll say that happened, like, two years in. Okay. You know, we're like, yeah, we need to start being more inclusive with that, you know? Absolutely. It wasn't something that we even considered or thought about. With the sport athletic style, we were, like, trying to, like, overcome and beat a lot of the stigmas that were out there about pole dancing, mm-hmm. you know, um, about it being, like, a stripping thing or a super sexual thing. Right. And we wanted to show, no, it could be artistic and it could be athletic. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, people already correlate pole dancing with stripping yeah. and sex work. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So. Yep. For us to reiterate that, I would feel like that would be like beating a dead horse. Like, mm-hmm. we already, people already know about that aspect of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, really, we really fell in love with the athletic, competitive, artistic side. And we felt like that wasn't as prevalent. That wasn't out there. Mm-hmm. People didn't know about that. Yeah, people especially during oh, that time, too. Yeah, have, yeah, during that time, they're like, oh, pole dancing, that's great fitness and and um com- competition people ain't thinking like that yep whenever we did pole dance and they were like oh y'all strippers are you doing this are you doing that yeah so that was definitely we a trend like, back then for sure oh yeah so we wanted to like shine the light on an aspect of pole dancing that was well it wasn't even really there because it, it started like right then like you know when we Ashley's first competition was the American Pole Fitness Championship. And not to go back to the story, but um, back to the beginning, but that was the competition that she did after she visited her first competition. She did that same competition the next year. And okay. it had like Samantha Starr. It oh, had, yeah. Um, Heidi Coker. Yeah. Phoenix Casri, like uh, Pink Puma was in that again. Um, yep. It had the Super OGs in it. And Ashley won third place in her first ever competition. Damn. It was like, yeah, it was like um, Pink Puma. Phoenix Cadre and Ashley Fox. And she brought, like, through a sensual, she was very sensual in this piece. She had her tricks and stuff, but, you know, she's, you know, Ashley knows how to dance. Like, she's not, like, super athletic where she can't move and be sensual. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, that is what, like, we we, we were birthed through that, you know what I'm saying, with mm-hmm. in regards to pole dance. And, like, that's what birthed us, the competition. And it's something that stuck with us forever, but we definitely learned to like grow in different ways. Like, and, and sensuality was one of them. Um, right. Yeah. But, yeah, but, that, but that was it. It was like, we didn't want to like super beat like the sensuality and exotic and, and stripping because that was already established. Like that was no, we wanted to open people's eyes and we wanted to sort of like, um, we wanted to um, mainstream it, make yeah. it more mainstream, make it more kid friendly, make it more like for everyone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, stripping, it's stripping, you know what I'm saying? It's not accepted for, like, everybody, like, as far as kids and mainstream and stuff like that. It's very, like... Yeah, there's still you know, that stigma and so, like, still, like, very yeah, it's taboo. Very, it's very marginalized, you know? You know, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's good or bad, you know? Um, but we just I, we just saw an opportunity to bring another another view viewpoint totally. of pole dancing. Yeah. And we wanted to, you know, pursue that. I feel like a so, lot of studios, uh, and again, around that time, with that timeline, 
a lot of studios were employing that kind of narrative straying away from the sexy straying away from you know its roots and stripping but I found that in the past few years at least definitely like this year and last year and like even 2019 too that it's coming full circle again and I'm finding that studios want to be more inclusive of sex workers you know wanting to employ you know strippers current strippers and former to really teach how that movement is because that movement originated in strip clubs right and that sometimes it you can't just teach that from a, a teacher that never worked in a club you know what I mean like do you do you see that trend as well or is that yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, definitely the movement to bring in notice to people, just educating people. It's been a major movement within the last couple of years. Yeah. So I think that was very important. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very important that we created these advocacy groups that can like talk about sex work and talk about stripping and 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 show it's relevant because yeah. it is super relevant. It is super, totally. super, uh, super relevant to our industry. And not like we set out to ignore it because no. we didn't. Yeah. We just, it was what we were doing. We were into the competition and we were, that's what we were just focused on because that's where we were having success mm-hmm. and that's where like we were maintain our students. And that was what was just working for us. You totally. Know? It's a business um, still. And, yeah. It's yeah. a business. And I mean, we still had a passion for it. You know, I mean, we had a passion for it. It was exciting. We were traveling, competing. That yeah. was what we were focused on, you know? Um, and, and with the staff I had, that's where they were all at. Like yeah. you said, like, you couldn't have we couldn't have a, a plain Jane teaching stripping if she never did it. Yeah, I know. That would be a disservice. I Fox, who was a an athletic competitor. I mean, she has some background with dance and sexy dance and stuff like that, but that was where we were focused on. We yeah. focused on the competition side. Of and course. then we had Yumiko Harris, who was a trained contemporary dancer. Mm-hmm. So we were focused on like exploring that more. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I had that's them where your roots like, are. You know, yeah, so you know, but eventually, like like I said, you know, I brought in, I brought in, uh, we, we started with the classes, you know, yeah. to help, you know, open up our, you know, brought in our teaching spectrum. And I found great, better instructors to like help teach, you know, stuff like that. And um, I would say like we had like Zoe, Zoe was one of them that okay. came on board. I don't know if you know Zoe, but mm-hmm. she's from New York, New York based. And okay. um she was a great addition to the team. She had like this Latin sensation flavor and she's very sexy and Fun. she brought a lot of that. She did great with heels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But she never had a stripping background. And that's one thing I want to say is that even though you don't, I don't know, I don't know if I totally agree with the point that you have to have been a stripper to teach sensual movement. Mm-hmm. Um, like Zoe comes from a very, she comes from like a Latin background. And their movements in tango, and she knows like merengue and, yeah. and all this stuff. Her movements can be very sexual and very sensual as well. Yeah, that's in that that style not. of dance for sure. That's already ingrained. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so like she was able to be sexy as fuck, like w- without ever being a stripper. I mean, now she's into stripping, so she's kind of backwards. She kind of started with like she was super like contemporary and like doing yeah. this square, like you know. Like, square with that oh no way now she's like now she's like stripping so that's like my story too (laughs) and and now she's like turned into a stripper so yeah it's kind of crazy but 
but she's like killing the shit. Like either way, like you know what I mean. She was killing the shit before she started stripping. Oh and yeah, she's killing it now that she started stripping. So I, I just want to say, like from my experiences, I've seen people that don't have a stripping background mm-hmm. but are just great movers and great. Definitely they, they know their bodies. Like like this this could go back to dancing when you was in high school and you was at those parties in high school. Yeah, thirty one in, in high school and and you was. You know, you you might be part of a dance hall, reggae, reggae dance hall, sexy movement, twerking movements. You know what I'm saying? Totally. I don't know how I feel about saying that you have to have come. You have to be in a strip club. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) No, I agree. There's strippers in the strip club. They're not moving right. Yeah. (laughs) Don't think if you're a stripper, you can start teaching shit. No, I agree. Somebody needs some classes, like for real. Sometimes, you know I mean? yeah, like, they, no, I've definitely seen, <laughs> I've definitely seen some strippers that you know could definitely benefit from a class or two, and yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of on the fence too because I had the same, um, I guess, upbringing, not upbringing, but the same pathway as your instructor Zoe. I wasn't a stripper initially. You know, it was something that I wanted to do, but I was too scared. But like, I started taking classes, and then I was like, okay, now I feel I'm confident enough to really perform better and then I started stripping but there's a lot of accusations and I haven't brought this up in the show too much but there are a lot of accusations too with the whole you know you're being a culture vulture you're taking away stripping culture and I am on the fence about that everyone's story is different everyone's story is different I don't agree with that I don't first of all listen Listen, everything has evolved from something. Everything has mm-hmm. come from something. Teachers teach students and students become teachers. Mm-hmm. Students become masters. That's the way everything works, even in karate. Yeah. All right, you may have not been the kung fu master in China, but you learn from someone that learned from him, that learned from him, that learned from that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And eventually, now you're a master of it. Yeah. So I don't feel like you have to have been in that environment to know how to strip. You could have learned some from someone that was a stripper and they taught you good enough that you now embody those same movements. You embody those same skills. Yeah. And then if we're going to say like appropriation and stuff like that, then you could say the same thing about men wearing heels and dancing as women. Mm. They're taking from the women culture. Then you could say that. Now, nobody wants to get into those types of appropriation because yeah. then they'll, they'll be, they'll be turning, they'll be starting a wildfire with that one. Yeah. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, totally. who's to say who could be what and what is who's? Yeah, everybody's is everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, totally. you don't know those strippers that brought the movement to the strip club. They could have been ballet dancers before they become strippers because yeah. in, the his, in history, actually, ballerinas were sex workers at one yeah. point or like had yes. something to do with sex work because mm-hmm. of their movement quality and their skills and their flexibility and they got into sex work. So it's like the chicken and the egg. Like, yeah, who can verse? Like, yeah. Who knows? Like, who's to say? Who's to say? You know what I mean? I don't think girls are going into the strip club with no dance experience and then coming out as amazing dancers after mm-hmm. dancing at the strip club. Like, I don't think the strip club is making dancers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you was already a good dancer. You went to the strip club. Now you're a stripper. And now you maybe perfected it or worked on it more because you're dancing every day. Yeah. And then now you're a dancer. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but totally. But I don't think, like, oh, if you like everybody coming out the strip club is a good dancer because that would be the case it would be like everybody coming out the strip club is an amazing dancer which is not happening this is also true this is also true because i have definitely danced with dancers and they could the reason why you become a great dancer 
Right. It's not. Because then everybody would be a great dancer that's in a strip club. But there's not great so, dancers. They're not all great dancers. Right. Right. <laughs> right? So, I think I, mean, yeah. I think just a lot of people are really, really angry. And, They're angry. And that's yeah. what I understand. That's why I it's a touchy subject. And I don't like to really delve into it because, first of all, I'm a black male. And I'm not a stripper. And I'm not a lot of things. But... I don't want them to be like, oh, like who's he to say that? Who's he to say this? You and know of course, I mean? they, it's, there's going to be people, people like that too. Fact, people, I know, and people don't want to look at the fact that I worked in the sex industry. Yeah, you were a bouncer. But yeah, I was a bouncer in the sex industry, in the dance industry, in the creative arts industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, at the Box, which is one of the biggest, like, well-known performance venues. I was a, I was the head of security at the Box. We mm-hmm. do cabaret type shows um, nightly. And I did that for three years, and yeah. I've seen, seen Kanye West come through there. Just every any celebrity you think of can, can came through there to see these shows. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a, it's a variety show. So I've been around the arts. I've been I've been a part of that. And not only that, but me being involved with the pole community for eleven years, I've been to hundreds of competitions. I've been to every showcase that's out there. I've been to every ex, uh, expo, every convention. I've been to all of them. Yeah, I've been to every competition. I've been there. So. My eyes have seen and experienced a lot. And just being at the front desk for 11 years, dealing yeah. with the different students, hiring instructors, dealing with different instructors. Mm-hmm. I actually trained Yubiko Harris and Ashley Fox for mm-hmm. years, helping them with their routines and competition pieces. I had major input in a lot of that. So mm-hmm. people want to say, oh, you wasn't a stripper. Okay, yeah, but I know. They want to discount my, my, your my, my, experience. Like You want to discredit people's experience just because they didn't step in the club. Yeah, And it's like, the club is not the end-all, be-all of who a person is or the knowledge or what they're capable of doing. So that's where I feel like the appropriation stuff has sometimes gone a little too far. Yeah, sometimes um, has, de- has definitely gone too far, I think. Like, yeah, there's a lot of things. Like I said, you could say men are appropriate. Are men that dress up as women and wear heels are appropriating feminine culture. Yeah. Men, males are appropriating feminine culture. It's Bentley. Uh, a culture vulture is mm-hmm. is Blaine Petrovia a culture vulture? Right. No, these are talented, super talented men that yes. weren't women, but they they dance better than women, and they look better <laughs> yes. than women out here. So, so true. It's like you know what I mean. Who's to say what the fuck is anything like? Just let people be who the yeah. fuck they are. That's thank what I you. Think Stop Thank trying to categorize you. everything and, 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 and being so thirsty to have you say, people say, oh, this came from that and this came from that. Let's just keep it going. Yeah. And let's, yes, we should acknowledge the, the sex workers and stuff like that. Definitely. I'm yeah. for that. And I feel like their voices are being heard. And even me, I, I Louisa, I'm like, I want to bring a sex worker in. Yeah. You know, she told me she had 10 years of experience at Sapphire. Yeah, she's incredible. I was like, all right, we need that. That's a, that's a part of the team. It's like, we're the mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Like, that was the one. <laughs> we were missing the, the Pink Ranger. Like, we needed that one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We needed that. Because because that is going to make us just a well, well-rounded studio. And it's helped our students as well. Mm-hmm. Explore their sensuality and their flow and their, like, gracefulness. And yeah. It, it's been a great help. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, even that. Like, you know, even that we push girls to compete in the exotic levels and stuff like that. Yeah. Because, you know, when you teach an exotic, you know, sometimes it's like just teaching it is not really enough. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes yes. people get bored or, or not want to challenge themselves. So I just found that competition just gives people a goal and an oh, outlet. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they get ready. They got their makeup done. They've been thinking about it for four months. They, like, got their routine. They're, like... 
it, everything is like they, they're fine tuning what yes. they've learned for, oh, this, for this thing, and that's all it really is about. We're not we're not like so thirsty about getting the medal and being like, oh, we need the medal. No, it's about creating a, a situation that's going to make people push their hardest yes. to do the best they can. And that's what I realize competition does. It brings out the best in people. Whether you win, lose, or draw, it brings the best out of you. Yeah, it's ex- so that's the experience. Yeah, oh my gosh. Like this conversation, honestly, is so refreshing. I love hearing this other perspective. And it's like igniting a really healthy conversation and discussion that needs to happen because, you know, I've had a lot of very, very passionate people on the show. And I just really want to say to, to round this all up, <laughs> you know, just give credit where credit's due. You know, sex work is sex work and sex work is real work. And, um, you know, employ employ strippers when you can and just let people be and let them enjoy. <laughs> Gosh, we're getting so caught up now. Then we get in that on that girl about twerking and like because she's Russian and she's a white girl she wears braids and she twerks mm-hmm. and I'm like no like let let people do their thing like if someone embraces a culture that hard and are involved in it that much that they want to like dedicate their life to it mm-hmm. and they're actually better than most of the people doing it like who are you to say like they can't do that or they yeah. have culture for that this like, is a lot of like, policing nowadays learn from somebody like yeah you know what i mean and there's, there's stuff like liquid motion out there yes. giving certifications like if you become good enough at it you can teach it yeah so what's the problem if you're good you good what, what who cares what you did before that like what is the relevance of that i don't understand and and someone's success is not taken away from your success that's yeah. what people got to realize too someone being successful because they start a twerk competition or mm-hmm. because they teach a certain class that strippers like are good at th- that doesn't stop you from being able to do it yeah why don't you go and do that better than them if if, if 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 it's such a stripper thing or if it belongs to the sex work community go and make yours better than theirs we all need to embrace one another and just realize that we're all contributing to the greater goal and the greater good. We're allies mm-hmm. in this. So yes. all this fighting within each other is really unnecessary. I mean, I feel like yes. voices needed to be heard and they continue to need to be heard. But we don't need to be breaking each other down. Yeah. Because some people are responding to what they're hearing about like being, uh, uh, you know, like giving credit to people. And, and they're creating their own own competitions like that lady that created the twerk competition she probably heard what sex workers were saying and she's like i'm gonna start this competition to promote twerking and sex working and and she did it in a good you know like with good good intentions you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying yeah it always starts off that way yeah and maybe she only had the people she had around her to help her build it and you know she didn't have a lot of money to go and hire certain people to do it and really that's that's her choice to decide who she wants to hire or who she wants to have do it but this is my thing if you think that that person shouldn't be doing it because they don't come from that lifestyle then why are you doing it mm-hmm. why are you creating those competitions why are mm-hmm. you creating the, taking advantage of those opportunities that belong to you you mm-hmm. kind of sitting back and just wanting to break uh, destroy everyone else's situation everyone else's what they're building instead of you know being proactive and saying okay she created that twerk competition but i'm gonna create an even better one because i'm a stripper and i know strippers and we yeah. can get this shit popping yeah and, you, and we'll smash it and we'll smash her shit you know what i'm saying yeah like, and that's what i'm saying competition and come back to competition be competitive 
competitive will bring the best out of everybody. And yeah. that will grow our, 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 our industry, you know? Instead yeah. of being like sitting back and just saying, oh, why is she doing that? I don't like that. No, let's ban that. Let's yeah. let's break that down. Like that that competition, even though it was made by a white women that probably never really twerked like that, at least she's trying to put twerking on the forefront. Yeah, so at least she's trying to put that. I'm trying to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's listening to what, what y'all saying and she's trying to, do, trying to do her part as a white woman that don't can't twerk. She's inspired by maybe a message of like bringing relevancy to sex work and she's creating that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have the right people to hire and stuff like that. She was limited with her resources. But why, I don't understand why we have to break each other down and try to discredit people and, their, and yeah. what they build. Like, you know how long it takes to build something like that? And then yeah. how easy it is for someone just to go online and just talk shit and, and write cancel? a paragraph. And yeah. That takes nothing to write a paragraph and talk shit about someone's creation that they took months of resources and time and efforts. And you just try to go and bust it down with a 30-minute blog or a 30-minute, you know, uh, paragraph or sentence or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't, I don't like that. I, I don't really like don't either. like that. No matter what it is. Like, if people are doing positive things, trying to grow stuff. Like, don't come in along and try to kick it down because it's always easier to destroy than it is to create. You know what I'm yeah, saying? totally. And all these people looking to destroy, they're not creating anything. Yeah, put that energy all somewhere I else. Is, all I see is creating hate. Yeah, let's, so let's put that energy. It's good because, you know, we definitely got to hear people, hear their pains, hear, hear stuff. But sure. once, I feel like it, I, once I feel like that is being used to, like, destroy, for more destructive than creating, mm-hmm. I don't. I think it's working backwards, especially within our community, because yeah. we all are working towards growing the community and making it more mainstream and making it more like something that people know, making more awareness out there. Totally, yeah, so, no, I agree. My, my message in all this is just to say, listen, we need to come together um, and let people be who they are and let people do what they need to do. And if yeah. you think you could do it better, then do it better. Then do it, but. We, you know, we throwing stones at buildings instead of building our own buildings with the same stones. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like you the, the stones you throw in to build your own shit. There's already instead so much tra- stigma that society yeah. puts on pole dancing. Well, whether you're a pole dancer, whether you're a stripper, or whatever type of sex work you do, there's already so much of that stigma. You know, society freaking hates us, right? So right. let's just come together, okay? And let's well, just push the pressure aside. Imitation is the best form of flattery. Yep. Let that let it be just that. Feel mm-hmm. flattered. Feel feel good that someone is trying to imitate what you do. You know what I'm saying? And don't be mad because they making money off of it. Like mm-hmm. if they if, listen, if they're not doing it right, they're not gonna make money off of it. So who cares? Right. Let them do what they're doing. If people are supporting it, then they must be doing something right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But to go ahead and try to kick someone's shit down before they even build it up or while they're trying to build it up, that's like, oh, you building sandcastles? It's like this is this, <laughs> like you know, this didn't come from my sand. Like this wasn't my sand you using. Like like so you gonna knock that shit down? Like. I don't agree with that. We need to be together. We need to be together. Elevate that shit. Yeah. We're going to get some great comments on this. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot, <laughs> lots of comments on this episode. And I'm, I'm, I'm for sex workers. Like like yeah. I said, I was involved in the sex industry. I worked in nightlife. I hire sex workers. Mm-hmm. I go to a strip club every week. I actually, I got, a, I got a, a party I'm doing now. I'm not even supposed to say it, but we do our part, underground party. And we do that every week. Oh, and yeah. And I create a yeah well foxy uncut is one thing but there's even something else that we're doing i'm doing personally on the side and we i created like a venue space 
or you know dancers and stuff like that. Oh and shit! That's so yeah, cool. We work as a instead of like competing against one another in the club, we work as a collective and we split the earnings. And it's been good for us. It's been working for us. Very we, cool. we, we approach it as a team where we work as a collective and we split the earnings so that everyone leaves with a good share at the end of the night. You know. That's really so, cool. Um, yeah, and we made an addition to the Foxy Studio now. We have, like, a lounge space, a lounge slash pole studio. So it has, like, all the all the nightclub lights inside of it. Cool. It has couches, tables. You know, we do parties in there, bottle service parties and stuff what? like that. So <laughs> we're, so really, cool. you know, we're really trying to embrace a little bit of everything, you know? And I'm yeah. not against nobody, and that's exactly what it is. It's all love. Yeah. Let people live. I, I completely understand. I mean, on the same kind of topic, we'll move over um, in terms of like, you know, bringing stripping, bringing pole dancing to the forefront. We have, you know, so many movies and stuff that's been coming out, shows, you know, P-Valley, I loved, Hustlers came out too. Like pole dancing, strip club culture is like on the forefront right now. And um, you're also the pole dancer manager for Snoop Dogg, right? <laughs> right. So basically I got started with Snoop because... They were coming to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and um, I received a phone call, and he's like, yo, we need poles. We need poles. You, you know, we call them poles. Yo, we need poles by tomorrow. You guys got poles? Oh, wow. And I'm on poles. like, uh, yeah, I got poles. I got poles, actually. They're like, yo, we need poles. So that's how I opportunity to snoop. The, the stage manager from Barclays was looking for poles, trying to help the snoop team get these poles and oh. I, brought, I brought the poles when i brought the poles that night of the show i ended up chopping it up with a bunch of people i mean i got to meet ti dmx um, Snoop. Cool. Um, you know i'm talking to snoop's manager talking mm-hmm. to his road manager i'm talking to the stage manager for snoop i'm just you know i'm just out there doing what i do which is networking talking you know meeting people mm-hmm. you know and you know i feel like i have a good energy you know, and I feel like I have great resources and a lot to offer. I'm not yeah. just talking shit with nothing to bring to the table. So I'm like, listen, they had some dancers up there. They were all right. They yeah. weren't Willis. So I'm like, listen, I can do this. I can take care of everything for you. I can make sure we have the stages and the dancers. Y'all need to fuck with me. And mm-hmm. this dude named Chad, he was like, you know, one of the the stage managers, he does the audio stuff, the engineering okay. for Snoop and stuff. And he's like, "Yo, let me get your number. I'm gonna fuck with you. I'm gonna fuck with you." <laughs> so, I'm like, cool. I'm like, cool. I didn't think nothing of it. I'm like, uh, whatever. I think you know, you gotta take us. You gotta take your shots because yeah, you definitely so gonna true. miss every shot you don't take. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, if you 100%. don't take that shot, definitely gonna miss it. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting. I got unlimited shots. I'm like, I'm shooting everything. So. Basically, make a long story short, like a month, three weeks later, Chad calls me. Yo, listen, we're out there in Tulane, Tulamane, California. We have a show tomorrow or like in two days. Oh we're my God. Dancers and stages. Can you help us? Whoa. I'm like, Maine? What the <laughs> fuck is that? Like, that? I never even heard of that. Like, shit is somewhere, <laughs> like South County, shit somewhere else. I'm like, uh, I'm like, fuck yeah, I can help y'all. Yup, I'm ready. I already got the dancers. I ain't have no dancers. I have no stages. I have nothing. I'm like, I got it. <laughs> Don't worry. So, so we we talk money. We talk business. We agree on whatever we agree on, and then um, that's it. I hang up the phone, 
I jumped right back on the phone. I'm calling everybody I know from the West Coast. <laughs> Yo, I need y'all, I need this and that, da, da, da. Shout yeah. out to my girl, Nicole Paul, because, you know, I hit her up, you know, because I know, I know who she is. I know her body. I know how she does. Yeah. And you know, I know her connections on the West Coast. And that's the homie. You know what I mean, she done put me in positions before. She helped me. She put my girls into, like, the Alexander Wang um, after party that we did back in New York. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's always showed mad love, like, at yeah. comp, at, at, at expos, at all types of shit. And I know she holds that in the West Coast. So I hit her up, you know, and, and, and that's the homie. Like, I always fuck with her when we see each other. It's all, always love. So I hit her up. I'm like, yo, listen, I got this going on. I need this, this, and this. I got, you know, I ended up finding a couple people myself. But I'm like, can you fill in these blanks? I need these couple spots. You got something? She like, don't worry. You good. So, mm-hmm. boom. First show done wow. got that done knocked and then every ever since then i mean once i had a little bit more time because they gave me two-day notice for the first show to get poles stages <laughs> girls had to travel to a man because nobody nobody lives in that part of california that pole dances or even looks good they probably look crazy out there i don't know but you know what i mean like no sexy ill you know what i mean everyone's in la or like in the big yeah. city that look good and does your shit right so it was like and so it was like all right. Well, anyway, we got everything done. We got girls to commit. They traveling two, three hours to get down there with the phones and everything. So, <laughs> I mean, my first show, you know, it was it was crazy. But sometimes that, you know, when you get thrown into that fire, you're either gonna burn up or you're gonna turn up. And you know, I definitely turned up. And yeah. Then, you know, ever since then, you know, it was just they gave me a little bit more head, you know, no more notice, and I was able, you know, I, I have a I have a large network of pole dancers just from. Being at competitions, from yeah. going to uh, expos, from going to conventions, and you know, I, I befriend a lot of these ladies and guys that pull, and they know me. I know them. We sleep over at each other's houses. We go to parties together. We yeah. do stuff, you know. So it was easy for me. It's like, all right, like get pole dancers. Shit, that's all I know is pole dancers. Like I don't know <laughs> really anything else. Like you want me to find strippers and pole dancers? Like okay, like that's easy. <laughs> Perfect. So, you know what I'm saying? Because that's my life. Like, if you look at my IG, like, all I have is, like, strippers and pole dancers yep. on my shit. Like, I don't really, <laughs> like, this has been my life. I don't have a second job. I don't have another field or career that I focus on. Like, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. So, that's pretty much where it started. Now I'm, like, so 60 cool. shows in. You know, we yeah. did about 60 shows went all over the country. You know what I'm saying? I've gotten to go to a few of the shows myself. I'm always welcome to go, but because of my... My business stuff, you know, at home in New York, I like to take care of that because that's my making, you know, that's my focus. Mm-hmm. But um, if I want, you know, they invite me, I can come to any show I want. And Snoop is an amazing artist. Shout out to Snoop for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, you know, that's so cool. And, and that was really a great, great opportunity. For sure. So, I mean, I'm like 60 shows in. It's taking us to all four corners of, of the U.S., you know, mm-hmm. from like down to Arizona to up to Oregon, you know, we even went to, like, North New Hampshire, down to Florida, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, everything in between, too, you know, so, 
that's a really great branch of your business because like obviously this wouldn't have happened without you starting Foxy Fitness, you know, and just being connected with so many dancers across the nation. So like, and then now you're competition, yeah, competition through showcases, through expos, through conventions. That's what made me solidify these connections. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, if it wasn't for competition, I wouldn't have been traveling all these different states and all these conventions. So there was growth within, you know. So absolutely, and you also do some booking as well for for your dancers or the foxes, <laughs> as you like to call yeah. them. Yeah. So like, and what about like hustlers, P Valley? You were able to help so out with that too. Story, I'm gonna tell you how that happened. These people hit me up on the email because I do all the emails, I do all the phone calls, I, I take care of all that. Mm-hmm. They hit me up in the email. They're like, "Listen, we have a casting. We know your pole studio. Can you send us?" some girls that you think would be interested in being in this upcoming movie. We need pole dancers. I didn't know what the movie was at the time. Okay. I'm like, all right, cool. I can definitely do that because I always do that anyway. Yeah. So I'm like, I can do that. But I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the agency. I look up the agency. They're right they're down the block from me. Oh. A block and a half. Yeah. I'm like, yo, fuck sending this email. I'm going there. <laughs> so I popped up over there. Because I wrote them an email like, hey, I'm, I introduced myself, I'm Virgil Avery, on Foxy Fitness. We can definitely provide you with the models that you need, the artists that you need. We can definitely do that for you, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck it, I'm just going to go. So I pop up. I'm like, can I speak to the casting director, manager, whatever? So yeah. I meet him, and we have been corresponding. Him and uh, his assistant, his assistant was corresponding with me via email. email so yeah. I introduce myself, hey, I'm Virgil, blah, blah, blah. Listen, we have a great studio right down the block. We can hold the casting call there. I'll oh. get them the idea. Let's do the casting call in my studio. Nice. Why, why are we doing it online? You, I said, I'll set up a casting table for you guys. You yeah. guys can come. I'll make sure we have the girls come in and we'll do the casting at our studio. You don't even have to, that way you can see the girls in person instead yeah. of online. Taking the pictures and get, they don't really show. You online. can't showcase so anything like, with the picture. They're <laughs> like, they're like, how much is that? You know, you don't have a budget. I said, listen, it's not going to cost you anything. Mm-hmm. Don't even worry, but it's free. They're like, wow. free? This nigga's lost his mind. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, a week later, we had the casting call. Had like 50 girls show up. Wow. They love it. They're like, yo, this was such a great idea. Thank you. We needed 40 girls. Um, you know, we, we want to do more. We want to do a couple more castings. Can we do some more? I'm like, yeah, rock out. We'll have whatever day you need. Let me know. We'll do it. So we ended up doing three more castings. They were like, Virgil, we're going to put some of your girls for helping us. We're going to put your girls in the video, in the, in the, in the, in the movie. movie yeah. And then we're gonna put the, so I had 20 of the foxes. Half of the girls were my girls that got put into the Cool. Into the, uh, <laughs> Yeah, just because they were like, you know, they were they fucked with me because they were like, yo, you did that for us. We yeah. gonna take care of you. We put funny girls in. So that's how I got my girls in there. Boom. So that that was the story on hustlers. Hustlers started with an email asking, but for me to just send over some pictures and names. <laughs> I love it. I, I I took it upon myself to go there. And when I got there, you know, I spit my spiel, you know, like, oh, you got beautiful this, beautiful that. You got to come see the space. It's already yeah. set up with the pole. You can put the music there. It'd be nice. And they loved the idea. They came through. They did what they did. Kept everything professional, nice, so ran it cool. perfectly. And that's how we got Hustlers. Nice. And that's how I got all the instructors into Hustlers, too. So Amazing. What about P-Valley? I, I love P-Valley. One of the, art, one of the um, Miss Mississippi 
Yeah. Oh, I love well, that. She was. She wanted to train somewhere. So oh, okay. The, yeah. So the the coordinator hit me up and was like, "Oh, you know, we have you know, you have a studio. Our, our our actress is in New York. She wants to be able to train. So we started training at Foxy. Cool. And we started having sessions with Miss Mississippi at Foxy. I love and, her. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was. Yeah, she's fire. We started training her, and then like. Through her, we got some connections with the producers and casting people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they had found out about, you know, uh, Ashley and some of the girls there. Yeah. But it really popped off because when she went down to Atlanta, they were filming at Trollwa Joe's studio, um, Vertical Joe's. Okay. Yeah. And shout out to Trollwa, who always shows love and always throws it. You know, she always looks out for us, too. She... Trust you too, like oh y'all know y'all know Ashley. Like yeah, we heard about her up there, whatever. She's like oh she's good, fine. So she just reiterated that we got some fire up there, and they were like yo, let's use her as a body double for Mississippi. Oh no way! Yeah, so Ashley's a body double for Mississippi, and um yeah, and then that's That's how the Pea Valley thing went went, you know. So that is you know a lot of like you know your connections and. How much you you put yourself out there, you know? You gotta 100%. take your shots when you see an opportunity. You know, know what the fuck, know who you are, know what you have to offer, and then when it's the right time, present that yeah. in the right way. And you know, opportunities create themselves. You know, they develop. You know, if someone needs something and you got it, why wouldn't they fuck with you? You know yeah, what I mean? Like totally. simple. So. I love that That's story. Stuff. And like so many people have had their opinions about, you know, how Hustlers is portrayed and um, P-Valley and stuff. I'm just going to say it's for entertainment. It's for TV. Yeah. <laughs> and this goes back to like saying like, stop, stop being so critical of everything. Like some things are just meant to just be enjoyed and, and for the culture like to grow it. And, yeah. and maybe it's not your idea of the culture, but maybe it's good for someone else. Yeah. Like even that, even that, even that thing that came out with S-Factor. That, um, oh yeah, that, that documentary Netflix. Uh, oh, I don't even. I didn't watch it. It, it. it, uh, it was uh, the one based in San Francisco. Uh, Fuck, what's it called? To the top, to the down, or some shit. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, the point <laughs> is, like, like we, I've had students come in to take classes because they saw that documentary. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And not to say that that documentary was everything that pole dancing is, because it really wasn't. No, it was nothing. It was nothing I mean, really about pole dancing. <laughs> Yeah, but it was their it was their perspective of pole dancing. Like that was their experience with it. That was how they wanted to do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Nobody's saying that that's how pole dancing is, or you know what I mean, what it is. Like that was their interpretation of it, from what I understand. Like, and maybe it didn't align with other people's interpretations or beliefs, but everyone's entitled to believe and interpret things how they want and experience things how they want. Yeah. But those ladies that went there. That was what they needed at that time, and it worked for them. Mm-hmm. And that's what we all got to respect. You got to respect people's free will and people's free choice. Because once you start trying to say who could do what and why and start putting limitations and boundaries on people, that's when we're really going to be enclosed in a yeah. real box. Because nobody's going to want to risk anything or get out there. Because they're going to be like, oh, I'm scared. I'm yeah. going to get attacked for doing this or doing that. You know what I mean? It's and now you're playing and doing too much sure. restricting. Yeah. It's like, let people do that. At the end of the day, there's people that saw that video or saw that documentary and it made them want to do pole dancing. Yeah, exactly. Nobody Straight. saw that. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think people saw that. Like, oh, I'm never doing pole dancing now. Like, 
they, if anything, they saw that and were like, oh, I want to experience that. I want totally. to try that. Because it came from a positive it. place. Yes. You know what I mean? It was still a positive place. And it was that's back there. And you know what? I don't think their classes, I don't think their instruction is amazing. Like, I know we get way better instruction in classes. <laughs> and I know, like, they were kind of going crazy with the therapeutic stuff. Yeah, and, that uh, was a big aspect know, of it. The, yeah. Yeah. But that was what they did. That was their style of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's just that's one their style. Thing. That's their I mean? thing. That's yeah. their thing. So fuck it. Let them have their thing. Like who cares? It's just a different style of doing things. It's a things. different thing. It's it's called strip down, rise up. I just Googled it because I was like, what the hell is it called? I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I said go down, go up, something like that. Yeah, strip down, rise up. Yeah. And um, that's I the mean, beauty about Polo. It should be like that. It should be like every studio you go to, you don't know what you're gonna get. Because it's all, why we all got to fit the same mold, the same structure, the yeah. same mold. Yeah. Let it be that you go, it's like restaurants. This place make a burger a certain way. This place make a burger a different way. Yeah. And some of them don't even use beef. Maybe <laughs> you've got turkey burger, you got the organic burger, you got the fucking <laughs> the Beyond patty. They yeah. do different shit. So who just say, you're like, oh, why are you going to call that a burger? Because it's not made out of beef. Yeah. But. It's still a burger. And at the end of the day, that's still a pole dance class. It's still a pole dance studio. Yeah. It's like still, when I go to studios. It has an impact on our industry. It's still created. Yeah. It's still helped in our growth. It's contributing. It's not just It's contributing. Yeah. Like when I go to studios um, all around the world, because I have pole dance all around the world, I'm not expecting to go to a studio and get the same thing that's offered at my studio. Because like, why the hell would I want to travel 20,000 miles to get the same thing like I want to get different technique I want to get different you know expertise different styles I want to be exposed to that I want to be able to learn more right. I'm not going to learn right. if I'm just kept in the same box right <laughs> you know exactly. I, mean, I, I mean I've been to St. Petersburg with Ashley we stayed there a month we did a training in St. Petersburg for a cool. month at Trash Studio and my post to my post space out there and that was something that we would never experience in any other studio. We've been out mm -hmm. to Mexico where we went to like Fit Flow and San Rafael. Shout out to my family and Fit Flow, my Fit Flow fam cool. out there. We went to Greece. We went to the pole studios out in, in Greece, Pole Lessons, mm -hmm. uh, Privy Pole Studio. You know, we There's met so many. The, the, we met so many people there. You know, that's the thing. Everywhere is different. Everyone has a different experience, and it works for somebody. Yeah. Somebody's out there enjoying it and being inspired and growing from there. There from what they created. So yeah, just have an open mind. Hate on that. That's what and that's what pole dancing is all about, anyway. Yeah. It's like about having open mind. I really love that. Ah. Oh, so there's so much yeah, stuff. So, so much good we stuff here. We touched on, on Snoop. We, we touched on Hustler. What was the other thing we did? Oh, P Valley. Well, recently we did a Calvin Klein commercial, cool. so we even touching into the clothing. Yeah, uh, Ashley was part of the Calvin Klein performance line. They cool. did a commercial for that, so you can find that on Calvin Klein's Instagram and stuff like that. We worked with Nike at one point back in like 2014 for Ooh. like a web series that we did. Yeah, they had an episode about pole dancing, Lily versus Margaret. It was like episode four. Cool. Of, uh, Nike. Um, so that was cool. Um, we've been on Nightline. Nightline did an episode on like. Um, the world of competitive pole dancing where they try to shine a light on competitive pole dancing and they followed us out to Vegas for oh, the pole no expo way. competition where Ashley actually won and she was on Nightline and they came with us back to the studio and interviewed her there. So cool. it was, that was a thing. You could find that uh, world of competitive pole dancing on Nightline. And then we've done like a bunch of TV shows. 
Barmageddon, Married Summer. at First Sight, Blue Bloods. We did the Alexander Wang after party. Damn. Um, we have, we've had a bunch of celebrities come through. Uh, we did something with Lupita. Um, we did um, the magazine, a magazine with Lupita, the Vogue magazine. We went Vogue magazine with Lupita. Mm-hmm. Um, Lupita took classes with us. Uh, Angela Simmons. So Just much. A bunch, even even so even, much. even what's the guy's name? Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, cool. What? His girlfriend, his girlfriend was taking classes with us. And she no brought way. him through for a private session one time. Yeah. <laughs> he came through. He did a pole class with us. That's that so was cool. Super cool. I love that. Dope. I love it. <laughs> well, you've obviously done so much. It's just like, I love this episode. We're I love this story. I mean, the International yeah, Olympic Committee, yes. you know, the IOC International Olympic Committee, they recognize us as one of the top pole dance studios in the country. So we're definitely like, trying to work on like continuing to build the international circuit and like having competitors compete internationally and eventually you know have athletes in the olympics not because we think it needs to be just in the olympics or like that's all it is but we can dominate everything we can dominate you know why stop at the olympics why you know why only you know it's like there's so many different things that we should get into. Yeah, just and keep going. And it doesn't going. have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be like Olympics or artistic or this. It's like mm-hmm. it could be all. Yeah. We can still compete in the Olympics and then still do our sexy showcases. For sure. It's yeah. Not, you don't have to separate the two. You don't have to say it's one or the other. Yeah. You know? like we that. still do Fox and Fun every month, but we have our sexy showcase once a month at the studio. Mm-hmm. We do three showcases in New York every year at a big theater, Theater 80. We rent out the theater, 250 seats. We sell out every show. And we do like a student showcase, student instructor showcase, where people bring their friends, their family. Amazing. And we rock out right on St. Mark's, downtown Manhattan. That's amazing. So, uh, yeah. Virgil, thank you so, so much. Like, there is I'm just... I'm rambling on. I'm trying to throw my little... You know, I'm trying to show love <laughs> to everybody. No, I love everybody. it. Of course, you know what I'm saying? So Lots I don't of... mean to ramble on, but... No, 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 not, not at all. I want, to give people, I want to give people their roses, you know what I'm saying? Of so course. that's why I'm just trying to you know, put everything out there. Again, giving credit where credit's due, right? So um, there were a few questions that came in, but they're all kind of the same questions. So. <laughs> yeah, basically everyone is asking, how can I get on P-Valley season two? I had like four questions, <laughs> people asking how to get on. So, well, Bobby, you know, man, you know, first start off, start off with just following the, you know, the procedures as far as like submitting, the submission mm-hmm. uh, uh, guidelines, just submit what they ask you to submit. And then like on the back end, like if you know some people that are involved with those people, you know, yeah, then maybe they can, they can put in a good word for you. For sure. No little word of mouth. Yeah. But, but start submitting, submit what you need to submit. Make sure you at least in their system, you're in their system. And then, you know, reach out to someone you know that, you know, knows people that are involved and, you know, maybe they can put a little, they can, you know, pull your file up to the front so you can you can get a better look or get a better shot. Yeah. You know, but you got to understand, too, there's only so much, you know, you really have to be able to do what they need you to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, like a lot of these opportunities are based on looks and yeah. are based on, you know, I mean, skill, of course, but, of course. you know, you got to look the part. You know, it's not like only like, oh, you're nice and you're cool and we like you as a person. A lot of it is superficial, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. TV, it's me. That's that's how TV is. It's, that's a cold fact, Yep. you know? 
But you gotta you gotta look a certain way. You gotta look what they like and how they want, and you gotta be able to have the talent and skill that they need too. Of course. But a lot of it, when it comes down to it, is about your look. Yeah, so, you gotta be the whole package. I mean, you gotta have the whole package. So if you know there's things that you can work on, you know what I'm saying, with yourself and how you present yourself, then you know focus on that. You know, focus on. You know, because everyone could do better. Like, I just lost 30 pounds during COVID. I went from 225 wow. uh, 40 pounds. Good I'm for you. I went down to 185. You know, I'm, I, this is the first time I've seen my abs in years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, shit, like, I, I had to do what I had to do to feel good about myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, we all can improve. There's always room for improvement. So, you know, good let's advice. Make, make sure you're ready for those opportunities by being the best you you can be. For sure. But I guess, but that being said, where can we find you? So plug anything you want. <laughs> all, right, all right. So here we go. All right. You can find me on IG, Virgil Avery. That's where I'm probably most active. Virgil Avery on IG. If you want to hit me in the DM, you can hit me there. Um, I'm always at Foxy Fitness. Uh, so you can, I'm pretty much there like Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you can find me there in the New York studio. Or you can write an email to Foxy Fitness. I handle all the email in. I handle all the um, social media pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's Foxy Fitness and Pole. That's the name of the studio, Foxy Fitness and Pole. Mm-hmm. Um, that's IG as well. Um, I handle that. So you can, any messages, any want to reach out to me, you can hit me there. Yeah, and uh, and that's about it. You got the yeah. IG, where you got Virgil Avery, at Virgil Avery, at Foxy Fitness and Pole. You have the studio where you can hit me. You can call the studio. Uh, phone lines are open every day for about six hours a day. You can email the studio, and 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 that's I mean that's pretty much every way you can reach me. Yeah. Um. Besides, like showing up to my house uninvited. <laughs> Let's not do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> that's, you know, well, Virgil, it was so great to get to know you, and thank you so much for providing such a fresh perspective on the show and I loved hearing your story yours and Ashley's really and Yumiko's too it's been incredible yeah, thank you. So. And I just want to shout them out you know Ashley follow Ashley Fox yes. at Foxy Ashley Fox at Yumiko.Harris they're amazing pole dancers I've been doing this shit for a long time real OGs been putting in 10 years of work competing yes. Ashley has competed in over 40 professional competitions placed in over 90% of those amazing um, well, she's a, she. I don't think anyone has competed as much as Ashley, like internationally, <laughs> nationally. She just has competed in everything, and so she's placed in like everything in the U.S. She's won first place. Um, Yumiko, amazing dancer, instructor, performer, trainer. Check her out. You know, shout out to the whole Foxy team. Yes. All my girls there: Melissa, Louisa, uh, Hannah Fomenko. Hannah is from like. I mean, we have like an international lineup. Like we have Hannah Fomenko from the Ukraine. She's ranked oh, number wow. ten in the world. In 20, yeah, 20, 2016, I think she ranked number 10 in the world, Hannah Fomenko. We have Rebecca Sanchez from um, Venezuela. Nice. She came over on the O one We got her in on an one visa. So nice. she has a, she had a whole studio in Venezuela, was competing in, in Venezuela. So um, her, uh, we have um, Luisa that we talked about briefly. Who, yes. Luisa Devitz, she, she's 10 years in working at Sapphire, amazing performer, amazing, amazing. stripper. Great with in her own right. Um, we're gonna get her to compete in this year as well. Yeah. Um, then we have Mr. Butler, who started as a student with us about eight years ago. She became an instructor about three, four years in. Yeah. And she's been, been an instructor ever since. So she's definitely created a career from just being a student. Now she has a career in this industry, awesome. and that was amazing. That, you know, 
And um, I was going to, I got to make sure I'm not missing anybody. Because they won't get mad at me. Um, I got everybody. Oh, and the new girls that we have, we have a new girl, Emily, Emily Campbell, Fire. Y'all be look on the lookout for her. She's 24 years old. She's oh, working wow. on the athlete. She's one of our up and coming, like, pole stars. Amazing. If you don't know, you got to check it out. I have meditative motions. I have meditative motions. It's Amazing. her IG. Perfect. She's fire. We'll check her out. Awesome. Um, and, and, and that's it. She's like our rookie of the year. She's coming up hard. So, and then we have all our students. We're going to be competing in the APC this April. We're bringing nice. about 21, 22 students to compete in APC in person. So this is like the wow. first in-person competition since COVID. You know, and COVID fucked us up for a little bit. Oh, we were yeah. closed for like six weeks. You know, but um, we're back, whatever. But first in-person competition in, like, our region. So we're coming nice. April. we got, like, 21 students competing. we got all the instructors competing. So it's going to be some heat. Well, yeah. best of and, luck. Um, you guys are going to kill it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's about it. That's about it. That's about well, thank you again, Virgil. Thank you so much for your time today. Don't forget, like, rate, share, and subscribe. Write a nice review uh, for Strip Icea on uh, Apple Podcasts. And you can get at me, Strip Icea, on Instagram or my personal, Sia Steph. And we'll catch everyone in for another episode next Sunday. Bye. Bye, guys. Stay sexy. You're listening to Strip by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, artwork by Maria Bellandorama, music by Ted D, and photography by Ian Dabern.